Welcome today, it's Jason O'Keefe for the Real Home Expert team at Davenport Realty. And today I brought in uh, Stephen Green from the RBC, uh, mortgage specialist. Stephen, if you don't mind, tell us uh, how you became a mortgage specialist. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jason. Uh, you know what, it's funny how it all started. Uh, 23 years ago, I've been in banking now. Yep. And I remember my dad used to tell me, if you want a job, be persistent. And I used to ride my bike when I was 18 up to the local Canada Trust in Scarborough, Ontario, born and raised. And uh, finally, after three months of dropping off my resume, being persistent, mm -hmm. they gave in and gave me a job. Nice. And uh, 23 years later, here I am. I was Bank of Montreal for 12, 13 years after my stop at Canada Trust. And when I wanted to get into mortgages and sales and that sort of thing, RBC was the right spot for me. So. Yeah, I've been doing it ever since and uh, been having a blast doing it. So again, and you've been in this for 23 years. You've definitely seen a lot of changes over the years in banking, interest rates, different things going on. And of course, now in 2020, we're dealing with COVID, right? So yeah. how has that affected, let's say, you know, the last six months or nine months to the marketplace for you? It's been, it's been a tricky ride. And I, I, tell, I tell clients this all the time. If COVID has taught us anything, it's expect the unexpected. And I think what we find now, I think every lender asks more questions. And I don't think that's unreasonable. Uh, we, we are in uncertain times. And if one thing lenders are not, it's risky. So, you know, lots of common sense questions. Haven't seen anything drastic from policy and rule changes, but um, just a lot more questions, you know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, rates combined with economy. I mean, we look back to March as an example. Yep. And uh, again, unprecedented times, two, three weeks of uh, just prime rate dropping three times and fixed rates dropping and, and people pulling money from the market. So, uh, you know, it, just things we never thought we would ever see. So uh, I think, knock on wood, I think we got a wood table here. Yep. <laughs> uh, knock on wood. I think uh, things are starting to stabilize a little bit. Oh, and you mean like just because we've been in this now for at least six months, seven months, we're getting a better understanding. We know COVID's going to keep going on for a little while. Hopefully, not too too long for all of us. But that's what you're trying to say. Is we kind of the banks have kind of got an understanding of what it's going to look like for the next little while. I think so. Um, I, I think you know people are for the most part people are still working yeah. um people i know in southwestern ontario we're in this environment where it's a perfect storm of low rates people are still working and we have low inventory so it, it's a bustling market that way yeah. um but yeah to your point i think the banks are starting to get a bit of a handle what is yet to come i think is going to be a second wave and what second wave looks like and i think we're going through it right now Having said that, I'm hearing the term, you know, COVID fatigue, and I think 100%. a lot of people are there with that. So uh, that's uh, that's what we're starting to see now. So I know as a real estate agent, been doing this now for 15 years. Um, I know a lot of buyers will tell us stuff like they've been pre-approved or they haven't been pre-approved, or the worst one I get is that they went online to one of these, they filled out the forms online and said, "Oh no, I can buy a million dollar house," but they really haven't been approved if they've just gone online, right? Right. There's a lot more questions that need to be asked, right? So right. we, as an agent, I always tell people, that's great, you went online, but now I need to put you in touch with somebody like yourself, Stephen, who can, you know, pull the information. 
because I know as a mortgage agent or sorry, as a real estate agent, they don't give me all the information, but they can't lie to you. The numbers, That's right. the numbers <laughs> and the forms are there, right? Like I've only had a few deals not closed over my 15 years. And one of them was uh, the guy didn't pay his taxes. Yeah. So, I mean, there's little things like that, that prop up now. Yes, he was approved, but uh, you know, he had that issue. So what are the other um, like forms? If somebody's going to call you for pre-approval, what are some of the things that are going to need? Like what are the basic stuff they need when they call you? Yeah, it's a great question. And another thing COVID I think has taught us is advice and experience does count for something. 100%. And uh, we do have online systems and numbers you can play with, but I think having the right person to really give the advice around uh, knowing what to go for, how to handle multiple offers, asking the right questions during the pre-approval stage, I think really has come to the forefront oh, during this and, and understanding what's going on. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, when we talk about pre-approval and I, I have a lot of education that, that I give to my clients so they understand what the process is. Pre-approval, you know, it is as good as a paper it's written on. You can afford X number of dollars. And I think the truly good um, lenders, whether it's a mortgage, a car loan, whatever, they do their due diligence beforehand. Let me see all of your documents. Let me pull your credit bureau. Let me make sure that while I can't guarantee your approval before you go into your offer, because we don't know what house you're buying, at least we've crossed off as many points as we can yep. to make sure you can get into that offer, at least confidently knowing what you're getting into. So uh, I think it's asking questions when you're dealing with a lender, ask simple questions. You know, how long have you been doing this for? Do you know the different programs? Do you know what documents I need? So at least I understand what I truly can and can't afford going forward. Yeah, they should be interviewing, um, like they interview myself when we're looking for different, we tell people to always interview different agents, find out um, what they can do and what they can't do, what they specialize in, what they don't specialize in. And again, we're not talking about people that some people that have been in the business for months are great. And some people have been in long term are not as good. So it's the same thing I think with mortgage people is, you know, ask them questions, interview that person because they're the ones that have to go to bat. They're the ones that are going to help you find the money. And, you know, one of the other things we're finding out is in our environment and how much it moves so fast right now is you need to have all your ducks in a row beforehand. That's why we talk about getting that pre-approval, getting, um, you know, if a house is ready for, does it, does your pre-approval need a home inspection? Is, is, are you still going to have to have a finance clause in there? We had an agent last night that actually won a deal with their finance clause in there, which is a rare thing nowadays. Now, did the clients probably have to pay a little bit more for those? Yes, but at least now they're protected to make sure everything's done. Yeah. What is, what is some of the um, things you're finding for, let's say first time home buyers? Because I mean, you know, uh, the market in this area in Waterloo region and Wellington region and outskirts are, you know, everything's moving fast. We have a lot of people coming from Toronto. They're pushing the prices up higher. What are some of the things um, you see that a first-time home buyer really needs to do, like with down payments, other stuff, right? Yeah, I, I think um, I love working with first-time home buyers. They're yeah. so new. They, they don't know necessarily what they're doing yet. It's just a lot of fun. I deal with a lot of investors as well, and that's, that's really, I do enjoy that as well. First-time home buyers kind of give that fresh, new look to everything. You kind of check your own knowledge. I think what first-time home buyers have to really consider and I think there's a lot of media out there. There's a lot of social media. My friend got this, my friend did that. I think what they really have to be focused on is making sure that everybody on their team, the realtor, 
the mortgage person, the lawyer. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's face it, lawyers have become very critical now these days, um, regardless of what they say. So <laughs> the uh, making sure that everyone's on the same page and making sure that they're comfortable asking a lot of questions because the reality of it is, to your point, it's so competitive. Yes. And I think when, when you're going in with that offer, and, and here's a really good experience comment, if you go in with a firm offer, you gotta remember the bank still needs to approve the property. Bank still needs to approve the value. So mm -hmm. I think having the realtor, having the, more, uh, the mortgage person on the same page, um, and then you as a first time home buyer asking a ton of questions, 100%. making sure you know what your risk is, that's what you need to know as a first time home buyer is everybody on the same page. What are my risks? Because the reality of it is if you do go in firm, there is, you have risk. There's absolutely risk, right? Because you don't technically, you really don't know what you're buying. You don't, you don't know if the banks, yeah. yeah, the appraised value is the biggest thing. And, and first time home buyers, I think are, are surprised when I say, well, all lenders, not just the banks, all lenders will only mortgage to either the purchase price or the appraised value, whichever is less. Yep. So our, our, our first time home buyers that are 5% down, 10% down, how many Canadians get their start who are going firm, we see a lot of them rolling the dice and oh. hoping for the best. So I think as long as everyone's working on the same team, that's my biggest comment, I think, for first time home buyers, make sure everyone's on the same page within your team of professionals you're working with so you know what you're getting into. Well, and that's where I think having people that have experience have done it, um, done it time and time again. Again, we're not talking, there are some great first time people um, that have just gotten into the business. They'll work, they'll work yeah. their butts off and they'll, they'll go to town because, and usually what happens with a lot of first time people is they will have, um, if like on my team, if I got new agents, they have myself and uh, Tammy Nolan, who was on one of these before, they can fall back on us. So just because they've been there for a year or two doesn't mean that they don't, because I know you've got other people you help in your industry that are just getting into it. So we're not saying that. Um, you know, also I've noticed like every mortgage is different. Rates aren't all to be all. Yes. You see a lot of people with these low rates, but then if you move now, you're going to have a bigger cost. Like you need to look at the wording inside the mortgages. Would you yeah. agree with that? Like there's different things. Yeah. I think you get what you pay for. Well, people get focused on rate. Yeah. And I, and I think I, I tell people this you will give what you pay for, you know, and then I'm not saying, you know, pay double the price for somebody because, you know, the service is amazing. What I'm saying is you have to read some of the fine print. We do have clients that have taken advantage of this incredible, too good to be true low rate. And then they find out a few years later, the penalty to just move is 25,000 because you can't port the mortgage or whatever the case may be. And, and listen, every every lending institution has fine print i think that's where it comes down to understanding what your plan is going forward with the house 100%. so when we give we give advice on rates variable fixed or this or that whatever um it's what are you doing going forward yep. right it's not uh, my brother's a first-time home buyer just went through this himself <laughs> and so again my eyes were open because i actually watched someone go through it and a lot of times they don't know and you have to look at that plan going forward. Don't, I know it's kind of cliche, but live in the moment for your financing, live for your next two or three years and get the right advice accordingly. So there's also like other programs. I know in our, our region, there's also what we call the water region, regional home plan, um, where yep. the region will help them with their down payment. Yep. 
Um, can you just give a little explanation quickly on that? Yeah, great program. Um, and, and I should be clear, there's, there's two um, marketed programs right now. The one that you're speaking of is just for properties purchased in Waterloo region. And then of course, there's the other one that came out, I believe last year that was offered by the federal government. Right. Yep. Yeah, so the federal government one uh, is a, it's a different beast altogether. It's taken a lot of scrutiny. It has not been very popular, a lot of different reasons for that. But what the one you're talking about in Waterloo Region is, um, it's the Waterloo Region Affordability Program, that's what it's called. And uh, I've done a few clients, I put a few clients through this program. It's great because I think the reality of it is, it is tougher to save. And it's not because you're a bad person or, you know, whatever the case may be, but it is tougher to save. Cost of living zone. Yeah, in, and incomes have not gone up at the same ratio, right? So Not, not at the housing market. No. no, exactly. So as long as you have your closing costs, because you do need your closing costs, uh, you can apply to the program within their, within their parameters. There are some rules for sure. Can't make over a certain amount, can't buy over a certain amount, stuff like that but at least you can get your down payment and get into the market 100%. because I think, and again, I've just gone through this with my brother where we had to have that conversation. He didn't buy his dream home. Absolutely not. But he's in the market now. Well, and that's a big thing, right? With yeah. prices continually going up and we're going to see continued growth within this area, especially with COVID and stuff. It's just um, gone even faster because we're seeing, uh, you know, I was in a house the other day and I would say out of the 12 cards in front of me, there were seven from Toronto. Yeah. And, and I was yep. one of the five and my clients are from Toronto. So, you know, you're seeing 50%, 60% of people now moving up from the city yep. because they want out and they will drive up prices because what they have already is already very much more worth more. A townhouse in Toronto is going to get you over a million where a townhouse here is going to get you six. So, or five or six. So if they pay an extra 50 grand, they don't care. They still have 400,000 in their pocket at the end of the day, right? Yeah, and I think that that's where the Waterloo Region program comes in as well, where we'll say the people that live here, yep. right? Yes, they are. It is what it is. The numbers speak for themselves. And, uh, you know, w without exception, the clients that I have gone through this program, they have, again, they're not getting into their dream home, no. right? They're getting into a home. They'll but they're getting get the home. In. Exactly. It's starting a dream. Exactly. And I think that allows them, if they get into something now and they just get into something they can live with for the next few years, they can now take advantage of the increase in house prices Perfect. because that Waterloo Region program doesn't, that money needs to be paid back if you sell a refi within 20 years. Which is fine. Exactly. So if your house goes up exponentially, which is what's happening, to pay back the, let's say, $20,000, and you don't have to give up a portion of your um, new value to the government, you just pay back the money. There's nothing wrong with that. No. I think I think that's a, I talked earlier about kind of that long play. What's yep. your plan for the next few years? Yep. This is what it could be. Yeah, right? we speak all the time with new home buyers and everything is just get into the market. Yep. Like we've even had to tell some people to buy outside of the Waterloo region, buy up in Oxford County, buy mm -hmm. up in Stratford, buy up, uh, you know, Listwell area, buy in these little towns get into the market. Yes, I know it's not the best. You're going to have to do a little bit of commute, but that's how, actually how a lot of people in Toronto started. They, you know, they worked downtown and they, they, they bought houses in Brampton and Mississauga and stuff like that, Scarborough, and they commuted downtown for now. And then the city slowly pulled themselves out, but that's given them a start in the market. And that's what you're seeing. And, and we're in the same boat here um, in Waterloo region, Wellington region, stuff like that. It's yes, our house prices are lower, 
but at least, and then as you get going, it's all it's, keeps the cost down too. But the idea is get yourself in the market yeah. and get going. Um, I hear these people that try and save the, well, I want to save 20%. By the time you save the 20%, that house yeah. price could have gone up 20%. And you're, and now you're not actually saved. And you, again, you're back to renting and really common conversation. Oh, right. And I think people, it's a tough balance because, you know, in one breath, the dream of owning your your first home that you want to live in for 10 15 years that doesn't happen anymore oh no now if you may if your income supports it by all means go for it yep. uh but i think by and large it's it is i think i believe statistically cmhc came out with a survey uh first time home buyers move within the first two or three years of owning their first home anyway so so how do we plan for that how do we prep for that going forward that's just the way it is now well, I mean, when I grew up, my dad was a world banker, same mm -hmm. as you, and he got transferred every year. So I think there you go. You know, <laughs> I think I'm in 30 houses now in my you know 29 years. We'll live in there you home. go. So um, basically, yeah. I mean, yeah. I can't even tell you what my first house looked like. I have no clue, right? And same with myself. I mean, I bought my first house at 25, four years ago, of course. Yeah. At interest rates of eight percent, like, and I thought that was a good yeah. deal, right? And then they kept coming down. So, you know, get into the market. Just get into the market. That's what we keep saying. So, yeah. anyway, Stephen, thank you very much. What's the best way somebody can get in touch with you? Yeah, so uh, so how long do I get for my shameless plug here? Uh, you get as long as you need, as long as it doesn't go past okay, the minute. Here comes the exciting part. So, yeah, so you can reach me at um, phone number 519-500-1789. Uh, if you Google me, uh, Stephen Green Mortgage Specialist, you'll definitely find me there. And uh, yeah, watch my podcast. I'm on a two month break right now because I'm trying to figure out what to do and uh, take a look for the Green Effect podcast as well. Perfect. So, Thanks again, Stephen. My pleasure. Thanks, Jason. All the best.